and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. Amen. Well, as I said, my name is Gino. Um, I'm here with my lovely wife, Angie. And whenever I introduce my wife, I always ask you to please pray for her um, because she has to put up with me. And I'm a lot. I'm a lot. A whole lot. Next, well, in two, two weeks, is it? We celebrate 28 years. 28 years of marriage. And I tell you, it gets better and better and better every year. We have two wonderful daughters. We have a 24-year-old and a 18-year-old. <laughs> an 18-year-old, and they're wonderful. They're, 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 they're great girls. And Angie and I are going through a new season in our life. We are in the empty nest syndrome. And I'll tell you right now, we hate it. We hate it. When you're used to having kids around for 25 years, you know, that's all you know. And it's been fun because now we're getting to know each other once again. And, you know, you think you know somebody after 25 years, but you also realize, golly, they have changed a lot in 25 years. Angie asked me one day, said, Gino, do you know what my favorite something is? And I said, yeah, it's this. She goes, wow, hadn't been that in a long time. You know, but that's the kind of thing that happens. Well, I am honored tonight to be able to come and speak with Fondren, and I just want to have some fun. Is that okay? We'll just have some fun tonight. And because I understand that a lot of the folks in here are young adults, and you guys have been worshiping nonstop for two weeks, that's incredible, which what I'm going to be about to t- share with you guys tonight, you already know. And what I want to talk to you is about being in the mix and having Jesus in the mix. And I say that because, yeah, I'm a kids pastor, but I make my living as a chef. I love to cook. Now, I first introduced myself as a kids pastor because that's what I do for a living. My side hustle is I own a couple of restaurants, but I love being a kids pastor first. But the reason why I say in the mix is because in order to have a perfect Whatever you're making, you have to have the right ingredients. And without the right ingredients, you will not have a good whatever you're making. You know, you can't, you, 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 you can't make um, a T-bone steak without a steak. You know, you got to have the main ingredients. And I want to tell you tonight, the main ingredient to be in the mix or to have a successful life is to have Jesus in the mix. And that's the only way, which I'm just speaking to the choir right now because every one of you guys already have Jesus in the mix. But sometimes we need a little reminder. I know I need a reminder every now and then. You know, um, there's a story that I've shared with Kids Life before. And um, so you might have heard it before. But for those of you who haven't, this is a true story. About eight years ago, um, my wife and I and our kids were at home. Tori, my oldest, she was in 11th grade, Bella, our baby, was in 5th grade. 
And we're just chilling at the house, and Angie and I are downstairs cooking um, like we love to do. And we're cooking a meal, and the kids are upstairs. Now, Tori had just had knee surgery. She's a, she was a, a gymnast, and she had, she's broken so many bones, and she had just had knee surgery. So we, to, in order to get her upstairs, I had to pick her up and carry her upstairs after her surgery. And this is about two days after the surgery. And I laid her in her bed, and she has a little bell that she rings, and rings the bell whenever she wants something and she wore that bell out but anyway she ring the bell whenever she wants a glass of water wants a kiss wants anything and she would ring the bell Bella is upstairs in her playroom Angie and I are downstairs cooking this is July it's a beautiful day outside the sun is out it's probably like 180 degrees you know and it's a perfect day no 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 cloud in the sky I mean it's absolutely perfect then all of a sudden out of nowhere we hear I looked at Angie, she looked at me like, what in the world is that? And we, we said, that's wind. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we hear, boom. We didn't know what it was. We looked out the window, and the only thing that we could see was in the backyard, in the middle of our backyard, we had this huge tree. I mean, like, this big around. It wasn't standing up anymore. It had fallen over and crashed onto our house. And the only, no, that's not good at all. And the only thing that we could think of was, we're okay down here. So that means the area where it must have crashed is upstairs. We panicked. We called out our kids, Tori, Bella. No answer. Tori, Bella. We take off running out of fear upstairs, and we're running up the stairs, taking two stairs at a time, get upstairs, and as soon as we reach the top of the stairs, we saw the sky. The tree had crashed through the roof of the house, and all we saw was the sky. Branches everywhere, um, pine cones everywhere, all over the upstairs den. And the tree was so big, it didn't only crush the upstairs den area, it also crushed Tori's bedroom. We open Tori's door. Remember, she can't move because she's in a cast, and she's laying in bed like this. Her cover's pulled up to here. I mean, she was traumatized. I picked her up and said, let's go back downstairs, and I carried her downstairs. Angie, in the meantime, went to look for Bella in the other room. She went to Bella's playroom. The hole was in Bella's playroom, too. Pine cones and and pine needles and branches all over the floor, and Bella was crouched under a table, hiding, scared. Angie picked up Bella and brought her downstairs. We got downstairs, and we said, okay, things are okay now. Then we heard thunder. Like, oh no. Then the rain came. It started to pour. On a beautiful sunny day, out of nowhere, rain, wind came, and rain started coming through upstairs. And as we were looking upstairs, we see the rain coming down, wetting all the furniture upstairs, wetting the floor upstairs. We come downstairs, like, how is this even happening? And then as we're downstairs in the den talking about what we need to do, calling the fire department, calling 911, we see water started coming through the ceiling fan. We were downstairs. Water started coming through the light fixtures. Water started coming through the air conditioner vent. All of a sudden, all of our downstairs area looked like a waterfall. 
I'm like, what in the world is going on? Why is this happening to us? When the fire department finally came, they came in the house and they saw the rain coming inside. I'm sitting there looking at my furniture. I'm going to have to get new furniture. Oh, my floors. Look at my floors, my stereo, my TVs. That's what I'm thinking about. And the fire department is like, no, guys, you got to get out of this house right away. If you don't get out of this house, all that rain that's coming in upstairs is going to weigh the floor down, weigh the ceiling down, and all this ceiling is about to come crashing down. Get upstairs, tell your kids to grab what's ever important. Get the most important thing that they need, you know, to carry on, because you, you guys gotta go to a hotel. So we carry Tori upstairs. Tori takes about three minutes, grabs her MacBook, grabs her iPad, grabs her phone, grabs some clothes, grabs her favorite teddy bear, and all of her stuff, puts it in a backpack, a little suitcase, and we carry her back downstairs. Bella also ran upstairs, and she's in her room. Where's Bella? Bella, come on, we gotta go. The house is gonna fall apart. I'm coming. Five minutes go by. Bella, where, where's Bella? Angie, where's Bella? I don't know. You know that. It's your daughter. You know, whenever they're bad, it's my daughter. You ever notice that? But whenever they're good, oh, my little angel, that's what she says. Bella, where are you? I'm coming. All this time, we're thinking, okay, well, Bella's probably packing the biggest suitcases around and she's coming down with everything. After about five minutes, Bella finally comes downstairs. She comes downstairs and turns the corner, and we don't see anything in her hand. Bella, you've been upstairs all this time. We told you to grab everything that's important. From behind her back, she held up her Bible and said, I did. And she walked downstairs, and the fire department said, well, if that's, that's it, come on outside. She walked outside with her Bible, Tori with her suitcases. <laughs> as soon as we got outside, the ceilings came down. And I felt convicted a little bit. I was worried about my hardwood floors. I was worried about my furniture. I was worried about the supper we just cooked. Bella was worried about the word of God. And she asked us when we got outside, Mommy, Daddy, why did that happen to us? Did we do something wrong? Is God mad with us? Why would he crash our house like that? And it became a perfect teaching moment that, you know, God didn't do this. No, God's not mad with us. Sometimes things just happen. And maybe that's what's going on in some of our lives. Sometimes we wonder, well, why do bad things happen to us? Why did I just get audited? Why did I not get the job that I wanted? Why did I not get funding for my mission trip? Why can't I find a husband or a wife? Why did my girlfriend break up with me? Why did my parents get divorced over and over and over? Is God mad at me? No. 
God's not mad at you. I will promise you this, though. Bad things are going to happen in your life. If you've never had any bad things happen in your life, just wait. I'm not cursing you or I'm not predicting that, but it will happen. How you, how you deal with it is how you cross over. How you deal with the bad things. And the way we deal with those bad things is by putting Jesus in the mix. Jesus has got to become part of this. Now, the whole house story has a great ending, and I'll get, I'll get to that in a little bit. But, you know, whenever I, whenever I think about what happened to the house, I'm, I think about this story in Scripture in Luke. And in Luke 5, verses 1 through 7, this is what it says. It says, um, starting at verse 1, well, Jesus, first of all, Jesus had just got finished doing some miraculous, thing in, miraculous things in town, healing people, um, and people are starting to follow Jesus. Well, Jesus goes to this area, and he's preaching, and he's teaching to a bunch of folks. And this is what he says. It says, one day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, which is the Sea of Galilee, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. In other words, Jesus is just teaching and preaching to all these people. And he's standing on the edge of the water. And it says that they're crowding him. So they're pushing Jesus back because Jesus is, 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 is trying to teach these folks. And people are just trying to get closer and closer to Jesus. And Jesus is standing, whoa, on the edge of the water. The water is right behind him. He can't go back any further. And it continues on. He saw at the water's edge behind him two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. So Jesus is backed up to the edge of the water. Behind him are two boats, and he notices over there there are fishermen washing their nets. Now, that's very important because we learn what kind of fishermen they were. Now, in those days, there were three ways that you could fish. Number one, you can use a hook and a line and catch your lunch. You know, stand here and, and throw your pole and catch your lunch. And that's just your, your casual fisherman. The second way to fish was to take a huge net stand on the bank and throw the nets into the water and pull them back in. But the third way was you would take your boats and go out into the water and throw your nets. And these nets were huge. They were really, really, really big, and they had weights around the perimeter of, all the, of the nets. And they would throw the nets into the water. The weights would bring the nets all the way down the water, in the water, and the fishermen would pull the nets back up, catching fish, seaweed, sticks, shells, rocks, whatever. Those were commercial fishermen. So that's why this is important because we learn what kind of fishermen these were because if they were cleaning their nets, that means that they were commercial fishermen. They fished for a living. And when you fish for a living like that, your nets are very expensive. You can't throw your nets in the water and then go, go, go home and go, to, go have breakfast because, you know, you got to clean your nets. All that seaweed would rot your nets. In fact, there's parts in the Bible where it talks about they would clean and mend their nets. Sometimes rocks would cut the nets, shells would cut the nets, um, 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 sticks would cut the nets, nets, and so they would, it would take a lot of time to mend and clean the nets. Well, Jesus notices the guys over there cleaning their nets, and then he continues on. He got into one of the boats, 
stepped behind him into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, also named Peter, and he asked him to put out a little from shore. And then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So he got into the boat and said, Simon, push me out a little bit. So when he pushed him back out, Jesus was able to teach then without being crowded. But then when he finished teaching, this is what happened. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Now, he told Simon, let's go out to the deep water and let's go fishing. Now, remember, Simon is a professional, a commercial fisherman. He knows the best time to catch fish. He knows the best time to catch fish is to fish at night. And that's what he was doing. He had fished all night and didn't catch a single fish. Simon, get in your boat. Let's go out and let's go fishing. In the middle of the day, it's hot. Let's go do it. What does Peter say? Or what does Simon say? Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down my nets. I don't know if he was just humoring Jesus. I don't know if he was honoring Jesus. I don't know if he was just so tired from being out all night long and cleaning the nets. He's kind of, okay, Jesus, whatever. But none of that's important. What's important is that he was obedient to Jesus. No matter what his reason was, he said, we've tried it all night long, but because you say so, let's do it. It continues on. They go out into the water. When they had done so, they caught a large number of fish that their nets began to break. In verse 7, so they signaled their partners in the other boat to come help them. And they filled both boats so full that they began to sink. In the middle of the day, it went against all, all odds. Like nobody catches fish in the daytime like this. As commercial fishermen, they knew that, but they did it anyway. They caught so many fish that it was about to sink the boats that they had. What was the difference? Jesus. That was the only difference. Jesus was in the mix. When you have Jesus in the mix, unexplainable things happen. Things like that doesn't even make sense. How do you catch this many fish in the middle of the daytime? It's impossible but Jesus. You see, whenever you have things going on, whenever you have a tree fall on your house, whenever you have um, 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 COVID, whatever, whatever it is, when you have Jesus in the mix, unexplainable things begin to happen. Unexplainable things begin to happen. And I guess the question is, how? How do you put Jesus in the mix? Now, all of you already know that. You guys have been worshiping for the last 14 nights. But sometimes we need a reminder, like I needed a reminder from Bella. I needed a reminder that I had to put Jesus in the mix. I had to put Jesus in every part of, our, in every part of my life. Now, when the tree fell in the house, 
we had to move out of our house. We lived in a hotel for over five months. Five months. Guess how many times we complained? Zero. I tell Angie all the time, that was the best five months of my life. I didn't have to worry about cleaning a house. I didn't have to worry about, you know, I was able to focus on things that were important. There were so many people coming in and out of that hotel daily that we got a chance to minister to. The the, the cleaning staff of the hotel, the kitchen staff of the hotel, the managers of the hotel. Do you know we were able to minister to them? And some of those people right now are still at our church today. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, right? July, August, September, October, November, this month, we're still in a hotel. Now, that was going to be a tough month because Thanksgiving in my house is a big deal. We love to cook. So we have everybody in our family and Angie's family come to the house and we cook for them. We couldn't do that this year. So you know what we did? We went downstairs and asked the kitchen staff, can we take over your kitchen? We want to cook Thanksgiving dinner for every guest in the hotel. And that's what we did. We started cooking turkeys. We had a bunch of fryers outside, and we're frying all these turkeys and Angie in the kitchen making dressing and mac and cheese, and we cooked for every single person in the hotel. The kids, they're knocking on all the doors in the hotel. Come on downstairs, Thanksgiving dinner. Come on downstairs, Thanksgiving dinner. I mean, it was the most incredible thing. We got a chance to minister. Why? We put Jesus in the mix. We just, all we did was took you know the whole thing, if you, have, if you get served lemons, make lemonade. We just took a bad situation and made it good. No, we didn't plan on that. But we, were, we even had a Christmas party in the hotel for the hotel guests. And we were home by then. <laughs> we just loved the hotel, went back to the hotel. <laughs> we made it back home, I think, what, four days before Christmas? Yeah. And that was the best Christmas ever. It was the simplest Christmas ever because we didn't have time to put up all the fancy decorations. We just had the best family Christmas. And sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we forget to put Jesus first. Sometimes we get so bogged down with life, we get so bogged down with our jobs, so bogged down with just everything else. I mean, life happens, and sometimes we just get mixed up, and we forget to put Jesus in that mix. That's got to be the most important ingredient in our lives. Putting Jesus in the mix. You know, sometimes in kids' life, well, quite often in kids' life, in fact, today in kids' life, when we worship, what we're trying to teach some of the kids, especially the little ones, is when you get up to worship, you raise your hands in the air or do the little dances we're doing. You know, just do something. And I guess I have to repent because I don't want them to just do something. I want them to do everything. I want them to do everything that they could do to get God's attention, just like we're supposed to do. We're supposed to do everything that we can do to try to put Jesus in the mix. Don't just do a little bit because, you know, that's what we become accustomed to, just doing a little bit and giving God our leftovers. 
We go to church on Sunday morning um, for an hour, hour and a half, and we say, okay, God, that's what I gave you for the week, and I'll see you next Sunday. And then we wonder why things aren't working out in our life. Well, you didn't really put them in the mix. You just kind of fit them in as your leftovers. You know, um, doesn't everybody carry an apple rhythm? Sometimes, you know, as a kid's pastor, you have to use <laughs> examples. Sometimes we're like this. And we say, God, this is my finances. I'm going to give it all to you. This is my time. It's all going to go to you. This is my worship. It's all going to go to you. My finances. Here, God, I want you to have it all. Isn't that a cute pair of shoes? Mm, I had to get the shoes. But, God, the rest is yours. You can have the rest of it because I love you so much, but my cardinal is due. I can't fast enough. <laughs> but God, the rest is yours. You can have it all. You can even have my time. I want you to have all of my time um, when this Netflix movie is over. But you can have the rest. That's the way we act sometimes. God, you can have all of it, but wait, i got to take this first. I wouldn't give this to you, Hillary, I, and you wouldn't want it. Why do we think it's okay to give to God? What do we think God's going to say? Oh, i got a piece of an apple. He's disgusted by that, but we do it anyway. What God wants us to give him is he wants us to give him our best. Give him our first. He doesn't want a half-eaten apple. We need that reminder sometimes. And I guess that's all this is. This isn't a conviction. This is just a reminder. In fact, this is a very short message. In fact, the worship team can start coming out. Yep. You know, we get so bogged down with life that we forget to put ourselves in the proximity of Jesus. And when that happens, it gets dangerous. There's this town in south, southwest Mississippi. The name of the town is called Rodney. And a lot of people haven't heard of Rodney, Mississippi. Now, in the late 1700s and early 1800s, Rodney, Mississippi was a bustling town. Rodney, Mississippi sat right there on the, on, on, on the side of the Mississippi River. It was one of the major ports in Mississippi. 
Whenever boats and barges would go up and down Mississippi, they would stop in Rodney. Rodney was a major port of trade and commerce in the late 1700s and the early 1800s. Rodney was growing so fast and building up so big that when they thought, thought about making Mississippi a state, Rodney was in the running. Rodney was almost the, 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 the capital of the state of Mississippi. It lost by three votes. Three votes. This bustling town that's growing and growing and growing and growing and getting bigger and bigger and people are coming from everywhere to move to Rodney, Mississippi. Well, as rivers and tributaries, things happen. And in Mississippi, you know, we have all that silt and we have erosion and we have, well, the Mississippi River that once ran right next to Rodney, Mississippi, slowly diverted its course. Rodney, Mississippi now sits one to two miles from the banks of the Mississippi River. And Rodney, Mississippi has a population of zero. Why? Because it lost its proximity to its source. Whenever you lose your proximity to your source, which is Jesus, you will die. What was once flourishing, what was once thriving, what was once growing becomes sad, wilted, and dead. If we want to keep Jesus in the mix, we've got to stay close to the source. We've got to stay in proximity to Jesus. We've got to always make sure we make room for him. Stop giving him leftovers. Give him our bests. Give them our firsts. What I want to do right now is I want to pray and stop spitting apple. You see it flying out of my mouth? (laughs) I want to pray and then I want us to worship. And if you have found yourself not on the Mississippi River, and maybe away from your source a little bit, tonight's the time to get back again. Tonight is the night to get back close to your source. And we all know who that source is. Tonight is the night to put Jesus back in the mix. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, We are so grateful to have you here. Lord, we feel your presence here right now, and now we just ask for your leading. Holy Spirit, we ask that you lead us, and don't let us lean on our own understanding. Lord, you can make big things happen if we just get out of our own way. 
God, we want to be in proximity to you all the time. We want you to be in the mix. We want you to be the the most important ingredient in our lives. So right now, Jesus, right now, we are making room for you. And we are thanking you for bringing us back close to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.